When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The 2021 NFL Draft is in the books, but there is still plenty to wager on over at betonline.ag. You've got the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and oh, by the way, you can still bet on plenty of football-related items, rookie futures, NFL futures, who's going to win the Super Bowl, how many yards are some of these top rookies going to throw for, run for, receive. It's all available to you at betonline.ag. Check it out today. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast with your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert and Jamie Eisner here with you on a Tuesday edition of the show. We took the uh, the, the extra day. Everybody else gets the extra day. Extra day, Jamie. We decided to take the extra day and and not to do a show on Monday. Pushed a little bit to Tuesday. We so we're doing Tuesday and Wednesdays uh, edition. Of the show, how was your Fourth of July weekend, Jamie? Good. It was pretty good. Uh, kept it pretty low key because I was traveling for work the week prior, so I wasn't exactly, you know, going out and partying this week. But I got a nice view of the fireworks all night. Uh, go all, to go to uh, Fourth of July meal before we get started. We're gonna, we're gonna do a draft here on the show. Oh, a go me, to Fourth of July. Give me the go to Fourth of I mean, July meal. It's it's got to be something off the grill, doesn't it? Like I feel. Yeah, like I think a good a good, good burger and fries. American. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say, Chris? Burger, burger and fries. fries. Nice yeah. little burger I off mean, the grills. Me, yeah, fries me, burgers the and hot dogs. Perfect. Probably two burgers, one hot dog. I'm, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah. You go two burgers, one hot dog instead of one burger, two hot dogs? Yeah, no, burgers are more elite food than a hot dog. With all due respect to Joey Chestnut. Who ate, what, 76 of them? I don't know why this is how we started the show here uh, this week, but it, this is how we, we, we have started. We have picks to get through in 45 minutes. Yeah, you, never mind. You, you know what? Let's meat. let's move this along or else we'll, 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 do, we'll be doing a draft of 4th of July foods and watermelon. Definitely a top five option. Okay. Uh, we have been doing mock drafts uh, at the beginning of each of the last couple of months here uh, to get us through the summer and to, to show kind of where the evolution of this process is. Another one here for you today. Just Jamie and I, we have a randomized order that we have uh, we did in the pre-show. And I'll be honest, I I was trying to keep track so that I could keep my spreadsheet as Jamie was doing it. I don't think I have the order correct. So we're going to do this in real time. Uh, it is a 12 team PPR format. We're going to do two rounds here on the show. So I think the last one we did, Jamie was our rookies only mock draft. Yep. I think it was the last one that we did. So this one, 
uh, back to the to the full team PPR format, uh, and we're going to do two rounds there. Uh, I have the first pick. You do. I'm very happy about this. I'm very happy that I get to set the tone for this draft. And I didn't know beforehand if I was going to have the first pick, but I knew which player I was going to take if I could have the first pick. And coming off of the first year where he, where he had an, an injury, I'm not concerned. I think he's got an upgrade at the quarterback position. I think that offense is going to take a big step forward. And in PPR formats, this guy is such a crucial part of the offense. Give me Christian McCaffrey with the first. Yeah, th- there's really no other choice there uh, at one for me. As, as long as he, as long as he's healthy, and for as long as he's healthy, he's clearly the top player in fantasy. We've discussed that ad nauseum. We don't have to uh, tackle that anymore. But the one point I want to make is that when I did my projections right now, he is projected at the very top to have nearly two and a half points per game more than the RB two, which is the guy who I will take next here. But for context, what is two and a half points? Uh, difference. That's pretty much the difference I projected between my number three running back and like the number 11 running back. Like there is a massive difference. The question is, can he stay healthy, which he's been extremely healthy throughout his career up until last year, but it's hard to ignore what happened recently. And you wonder if that's the start of something. But to me, he's healthy right now as we sit here on the 6th of July. There is no other reasonable option in PPR leagues at the top than Christian McCaffrey. So then I come back and pick number two, and I think this is also relatively easy. Uh, I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook here. Um, I think I can't really make an argument to avoid these two guys at the top. Sure, you can say we haven't got a full 16 and probably won't get a full 17-game season out of Dalvin Cook this year, but he's been absolutely dominant. The offense runs through him in Minnesota. I think people are sleeping on the Vikings a little bit this year. I think they're going to be, I think people think they're like a bottom of the barrel team uh, and they're, they're, they're going to compete for a wild card spot. I don't think they get it. I'm not going to predict them, predict them to make the playoffs, but I do think they will be competitive and they will be in that playoff conversation. It all runs through Dalvin cook. He's not going to lose touches to anybody. I remember people saying, Oh, you just put Alexander Madison in there. You can do the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, you know, he can't, sorry, hate to break it to everybody. Not the same player cannot go against McCaffrey and Dalvin cook at the very top but you pick again here and i do I, and this is where things get interesting because i as we've talked about i am fascinated by the race for rb3 yes because i do think this is going to change wildly across the fantasy landscape as more people start drafting it's still early in july people are still thinking about you know maybe you finish up the nhl season maybe you're you know you're a Suns or a bucks fan and you're really celebrating the opportunity that's presented to you in these next two weeks you know maybe you've just been out on holidays maybe you're baseball whatever it might be Uh, Or if you're like me and you're a Yankees fan, you can just give up on the season already. But whatever it might be, you probably haven't gotten into it yet. So once we get into late July, get into August, and we start to see a massive volume of drafts, and we start to see how those ADPs shake out when it's not the most diehard fantasy players playing. Fascinated to see who ends up in that RB three spot, but for me right You're, now, see this is this is what this is what I hate about this because you and I think so similarly in a lot of these different fantasy things. I wanted I want Jonathan Taylor with my next pick. It's not going to get to me because yeah, I, am, he, I just took him. Yeah, I know this is ridiculous. I, I just he's a guy that was getting twenty carries a game last year in the second half of the season through the postseason when he got that opportunity. They're going to run the ball through him constantly. Not worried about Marlon Mack. I think he's a depth piece at this point coming off that Achilles injury. Naeem Hines had a role where Jonathan Taylor was successful last year, too. And, you know, it's not like they added somebody in that wasn't there in the case of Naeem Hines. This offense, if it's going to be successful, there's going to have to be a more ball control offense. You're going to have to ease Carson Wentz into what he is doing uh, because the Carson Wentz from last year or even close to the Carson Wentz from last year, if he shows up for Indianapolis, that team is doomed. 
So I don't think they're going to put everything on his shoulders. They can run it through Jonathan Taylor. He's got young legs. He's durable. He can catch the ball well. Really excited to see what he can do this year. So now it's me here uh, up next. And and I have a difficult decision to make. And I think I'm going to lean toward the guy who I think the offense is going to be more similar to the, the way it was a year ago. And there's less turmoil in terms of the key positions because I think Jamie when you look at the next two guys that you would consider for the spot between Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara there are question marks that you can ask about both guys situations not their talent but their situations in Tennessee it's new offensive coordinator in New Orleans it's who's the quarterback going to be what kind of production am I going to get from the quarterback and that has a lot to do with what kind of statistics Alvin Kamara can put up just because of how much of a PPR guy he truly is I'm going to go with the guy that I have less question marks about. Give me Derrick Henry in this spot. They are still going to run the football a ton. It is still going to be the way uh, Mike Vrabel wants this team's identity to be. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. And then we're going to run the ball some more. And we're going to ask you to try to score enough points to beat us. And so that's uh, the path that I'm going to go. He's going to get enough touches. Uh, He's not a big PPR guy, but I think he gets enough touches elsewhere uh, to be here at, at, at RB4. So I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. And high volume of touchdowns, too. Like, I mean, he's a guy that is just going to get in the end zone a ton. And, you know, there's a point when a guy is so productive, you have to stop talking about some of the negatives. Like, he hasn't been a PPR guy ever. He's never going to be. You saw him come off the field at times last year for Jeremy McNichols. I think you'll see that again this year with either McNichols or Darrington Evans, who you're hearing some good things about in a pass-catching role. But it doesn't matter because he's going to be the guy that they go to in the red zone. He's going to be the guy that runs the ball constantly. And I don't think we're going to see a dramatically different offense in Tennessee than we've seen in recent years. I do think they're going to throw it a slightly more, but Henry has some room to fall off and still be good. As we talked about when we did the show a couple months ago, he's got a really high floor. His ceiling is capped. He doesn't have the ceiling of a McCaffrey or Cook, or I don't even think a Jonathan Taylor, but his floor is massively high. And I think that is extremely valuable to have when you're picking in the top five. And again, I agree with you that I don't think the offense is going to be extremely different from a year ago, but it is a change to the way that the system is there. It's a different coordinator, a different voice in the room, right? That that changes things. But when you look at the guy that I was considering on the other side of the coin, Alvin Kamara, a different quarterback, you're going from Drew Brees to Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. Like that's a drop off that 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 you have to factor in when making this decision. So I just feel more more comfortable with Derrick Henry, and I assume that you're just going to take Alvin Kamara with the next pick, and we could just move on. Well, this is interesting because this goes into where do we think Aaron Rodgers is going to land? Now, as we sit here, uh, from all the information we have, we found out that he did not take the the pro football talk fast pass that was discussed a couple weeks ago of him opting out of the 2021 season and being able to sit out the year and still collect all his money and all that other or, or collect not give up some of the signing bonus that he signed. I'm still operating as if Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Green Bay Packers this year. I don't think they're going to try to trade him, uh, I, and I don't think he's going to end up sitting out a whole year. It's possible. It's a risk. But to me, I have to kind of debate this, you know, because to me, I think there are the three guys that are in this conversation. Two of them are Packers, and the other one is Alvin Kamara. So they all have their own question marks now that would normally not be there. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Aaron Jones here still because to me, this is not a hard decision if I was told Aaron Rodgers was playing. I think Aaron Jones has proven – over the last two years, that he's going to be a top five fantasy running back in PPR. He's done that two years in a row. I believe he finishes the RB4 both of the last two years and average fantasy points per game. Extremely productive. And guess what? Jamal Williams is not there anymore. He's going to get some of that pass catching, that third down, that four-minute offense work that Jamal Williams is originally getting. 
there's plenty of room for A.J. Dillon to have an expanded role and cut into what Jamal Williams had and Aaron Jones to still be extremely successful. So for me, as long as Aaron Rodgers is playing, he's clearly a top five running back for me. You get to go again, I believe, is the way I do. I go again. And this is where I think I'll take the shot. Like, I'm okay at six taking Alvin Kamara here. And I've been an Alvin Kamara defender for a while. And if you listen to the show last year, you were very happy as I as I screamed about positive touchdown uh, regression for him. And that obviously played out in big form. My concern with Alvin Kamara is that his production has dropped precipitously when it was either Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom Hill at quarterback instead of Drew Brees. Now, when it was Teddy Bridgewater, he was more in that like this kind of range where he was still an RB1 and still highly successful. When it was Taysom Hill, he was in like RB2 territory. So I have to be a little bit concerned because we don't truly know who's going to start the games or how Sean Payton is going to operate his quarterback situation, whether he's going to switch guys in and out or whatever he's going to do. So I kind of assuming it's going to be a little bit closer to Bridgewater, but Jameis Winston's not really known for checking down to his running backs too often. So there, there's a lot of these things that kind of go into this equation. I'm comfortable with him at six, but I think there are enough question marks about him. Like if you told me he finished the year outside of the top 10 running backs, I don't think I would be shocked. And it's not a talent thing. It's simply what this offense is going to look like. I'm up now for the next two picks. And each of these teams are individual, by the way. I don't think I made that clear uh, off the top, but I want to make it clear here now. So when we come back around, we will be making a second round selection for this team with the other player in mind. And, and Jamie, I, listen, I got your top 200 in front of me. I got some other lists in front of me. Devontae Adams is the next best available player on the list here, on your list. For all the nice things you said about Aaron Jones, the Aaron Rodgers question looms larger over Devontae Adams than it does Aaron Jones. So I, until we get a clear resolution here, I'm I'm moving Devontae Adams down the board a little bit. So I will not be taking him with this pick. And and you're shaking your head yes, and the the uh, the audio listeners at this show don't see you agreeing with me. But that's a bigger question, right? If they go to Jordan yeah. Love instead of Aaron Rodgers, I, Aaron Jones is still going to be productive. They're still going to turn the ball, turn around in the backfield and hand it to him. Whereas so, Devontae Adams, that's a huge downgrade at quarterback. So somebody asked me where I would put Devontae Adams in the hypothetical land where I'm told Jordan Love starts. And, and I think I'd actually have him somewhere around wide receiver five or six. Like that's kind of where I would drop him. So I think I, he would, I would be take, in the... Uh, yeah, there are four receivers I'm looking at right now inside your top 20 that I would take over him without Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. Yeah, let's say what, Diggs, Ridley, Hill, Brown? Yeah, I feel like I would slot him right into that. I'm a little worried about that offense. I, so Justin me, Jefferson I think, might be a name I'd throw in there. So, because I think Adams falls into that, like DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, yeah, Keenan I, Allen I'd kind agree. of conversation. Like, that's where I would put him in there, which obviously is not a first-round pick. It's still a damn good player, but you're not taking him in the first round. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's how I'm viewing him going in. So uh, who are you going? Are you going with the the number one tight end on the board? Are you taking a running back? What are, you th- no. what are you doing here? Number one tight end on the board. Give me Travis Kelsey. I, I Listen. I think this is you're in a group here where if you're not going to go Devontae Adams, you're looking at Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley. And I think we've talked about those guys ad nauseum here on this show. Jamie and I have question marks about about Saquon Barkley. I'm not as high on Zeke as Jamie is. Uh, You know, Jamie feels that that production is you you know what you're going to get if he's healthy in the way that that offense is going to run. I'm a little concerned that they're just going to throw the ball a a crap ton with Dak being back and them having to, to pay Dak. So, you know what? Let's go with the number one tight end. Let's mix it up here on the show. I don't want to go with chalk. Give me Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. So, okay. That, I, look, I'm fine with that. I think you could take Travis Kelsey as high as five 
Or you took Aaron Jones? I was just, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. At, at this point, and now, assuming we don't know, if Aaron Rodgers is, let's say, confirmed tomorrow, Aaron Rodgers, I'm playing this year. I, don't, I can't take him over Jones and Adams, but I think he could be, I think he starts to be in that conversation as early as five right now. And if there's clarification about the Packers, I think he's in the conversation as early as we just took him right now at number seven. You're up again, I, Chris. I am up again. And, and, and can we have more of a philosophical conversation here? What is the meaning of life, Chris? Well, that's no, we want to have, we would need, we would need way too much time on the podcast to be able to explain that I'm picking for this team again, but I'm not the same person that just picked Travis Kelsey and said he wasn't taking Devontae Adams because of the Aaron Rodgers situation. So is this different version of Chris now interested in taking Devontae Adams? No, you're drafting as if you just had this team. You know what I mean? Like, like the the picks that were made before, all they do is take away options. Like okay, if you were okay. sitting in this spot, because the way you should think about this, Chris, if you had the eight sitting pick, in this spot and this and is the this, way the board seven picks just fell off the board okay. the way they fell off the board. Where is Chris R. Schubert at Shoe Radio on Twitter going then, with this pick? I'm just happy that you knew my middle initial. Um, well, I just, I just kind of slandered Ezekiel and Saquon Barkley a minute ago. Yeah, you slandered the top three guys on the board. So I'm assuming at this point you're going to go with like Austin Eckler or Stefan Diggs or Tyree Kill or Joe Mixon. Because you just basically said everybody else up there is trash. I'm not so, going to go with any of the guys that you just mentioned. Uh, I'm, uh, Rams defense. I'm going off Young the board. Way I'm going off the board a little bit. And okay, Can and I this guy, guess? and this guy being the first receiver off the board is a little aggressive. Ooh. Um, I now I now off, regret my decision to go down this path. They're off the board. Like, I, but I think I named all the like. What are you going to go with? Like, who did I not name? You did not name Justin Jefferson here. You, you did not name the player that you have ranked 13 on the top 200 list. I thought you were going to say, oh, I okay. I thought you were going to say 13th on my wide receiver list, and I went, Chris. No, come no, on. I'm not going to I'm not gonna derail the show that poorly. Alan Robinson. Like, it's a little early for Alan Robinson, Chris. Give okay. me Calvin Ridley in this spot. And, and yes, he's now in the way that this board has played out, wide receiver one. But I will Oof. tell you, personally, and this, again, is me making this pick. I have been, since he has entered the league, a Calvin Ridley stand. I get him in every league I am in. He is a guy that if I have to reach for him, I will because I love the skill set. And for him to have done what he has done in a short amount of time in Atlanta, while Julio Jones has also been there, and now he is going to be quote-unquote unleashed. And yes, they have Kyle Pitts, but he is wide receiver one in an Arthur Smith offense that is going to throw the ball with Matt Ryan. Give me Calvin Ridley here. Again, I made my claim of why I wasn't going to take Devontae Adams. If you wanted to take Stephon Diggs here, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate you for it. But give me Calvin Ridley. I think that offense is going to throw the ball a ton. Matt Ryan's going to chuck it, and he's chucking it to Calvin Ridley. Look, I uh, I can't complain. I, I My only caution here and why I'm pausing and stuttering here a little bit is just I get concerned when you buy these guys at – absolute peak value and that's what now, i'm I doing think here calvin ridley is going to be excellent this year I, i've been talking about this since basically since the julio jones trade even a little bit before and actually on a points per game basis i have him projected to be the wide receiver too assuming obviously Devonte adams has aaron Rodgers, and he would actually be the highest scoring points per game player on mine if you told me jordan love was starting at, at, for the packers so i get it i just think it's the only concern would be is if he's anything less than that you're going to be disappointed. I, like I will admit. Be, he has to hit that massively high bar. He could. He's an unbelievable talent, and I'm really looking forward to it. But it scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. He, he has to be, at worst, 
wide receiver two for this pick to work. Yeah, somewhere around there. I and mean, that's what um, you're saying when you're making this pick. You were making that bold of a claim of, I think this guy at the end of the season is a top two wide receiver. Now, we both I think the it. situation dictates it, that he can be. And so I'm willing to take the risk because I'm not as high on Devontae, Devontae Adams um, because I don't know. We're doing this draft as if it was happening right now. And yep. I don't want to take Devontae Adams here inside the top 12. And then two weeks from now, Aaron Rodgers is in Denver and I got Jordan Love throwing the ball. So, yes, I'm throwing a good player back. I'm allowing a player. We talked about this on previous shows. The value proposition. Position. Now Devontae Adams slides down the board a little bit, but I'm willing to take the risk with Calvin Ridley because I think he's going to have a monster season. So I'm sitting here at pick nine, and you have left a couple of really interesting players yeah, in my you're lap. Welcome. You're welcome. Uh, and I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliott here. Um, I, I don't expect him to be the Elliott of old. I don't expect him to be that fantasy top five, top six overall type player, but I do think he's going to have a bounce back year. He was a guy that had a ton of value in the first five weeks of the season with Dak Prescott. And I think it's, he's actually fine at times, even with Andy Dalton is when things, when Andy Dalton had those struggles and then they had like Ben DiNucci and, you know, Kellen, the ghost of Kellen Moore or whatever else was playing quarterback for the Cowboys in that stretch where things really fell off. He had some fumbling issues. He had some, there was a lot of things that went wrong. I don't think you're going to be, you should be buying Elliot at full value, but you're not have to, you don't have to buy him at full value. You're getting him in the back half of the first round right now. For the most part, I'm sitting here at number nine. I feel pretty confident taking him, thinking he can be that 17 or 18 fantasy points per game player. I don't think he's going to be up in that 20 or 21 range like we've seen from him before, or even what we saw in the first five weeks of the season. But he had a massive pass catching role on a really good offense and a team that's going to throw the ball a ton. I'm still excited to take him here at number nine, Chris. You now are on the clock with pick number 10. Is this where the Devontae Adams slide stops? It is for me. It's tough, but I think, you know, if I have to put this upside here, and if we want to play percentages, so if I'm going to say there's a 50% chance that he's a 20 to 21 fantasy point per game player, which is where I have him projected with Aaron Rodgers, and there's a 50% chance that he's more like 17.5% player that I have him with, like, with Jordan Love. That puts him right in the range with Diggs and Ridley so at this point, I think this is fair. Taking him at 10 is kind of mitigates. It's kind of playing the middle ground here with both sides and knowing that the downside is a little bit low. Like the downside is probably middle of the second round. But the upside is I got a player that could go as high as six overall here at number 10. And I still think that's the most likely outcome is that Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing for the Packers this year. So I'm happy to take him here at 10. Because I think you start to look at some of the other players available to me. I have questions about Saquon Barkley still, even taking him here in the, in the back part of the round. I think it's it's tougher to make the argument that you need Stephon Diggs to once again replicate the best season he's ever had to be to best even a slightly devalued Devontae Adams there. You've already taken Calvin Ridley off the board. Joe Mixon has injury history. So like at that point, it goes, you know what? There's There starts to be a lot of question marks about all of these guys. Kelsey's off the board, which is sucks for me because I would love to take him around this spot. I think this is where the Adam slide has to stop for me. I'm now up for the next two picks to close out the round. And again, I will. This really, is going to picks in a row the way this I'm, works. I'm going to sound like a broken record here. But I love these two spots because I think you can be a little bit more risky here with either one of these picks because you know it's coming right back around to you. And so with this pick, I think I'm going to continue – I have taken a non-running back with each of my last two picks. We might as well keep the train moving here because I took Kelsey. I took Calvin Ridley. I know you mentioned that he'd have to repeat the best season of his career, but 
Devontae Adams off the board could be a little mini run here on the pass catching options. Give me Stefan Diggs for this team because I think I can get a, a very decent running back of all of the guys that you just mentioned. There's some sleepers in there as well that we're, we're, I'm not going to say out loud because I don't want any of my picks stolen from me that I think I can get for, four picks in a row for this team here. Can't okay, anybody from you. I may steal them from myself. You know, if I say it out loud, maybe the other team <laughs> will want him. So I'll take Stefan Diggs here again. Listen, I, I think we've, we've said it a bunch, just how great of a season last year was and how difficult it is going to be to replicate that kind of season. But it's not as if, and Jamie, you can attest to this more than anybody else on the show can, because you do the deep dives on all of this stuff. It's not as if the numbers on a deep dive there's flaws in them that you're like, okay, he can't replicate them. You look at the numbers, you look at how he produced those numbers. It's It can be repeated this year in that yeah. offense with Josh Allen. There's not like a place where you can be like, I don't think he's going to do that. It's weird because I thought I, when I go into it, you have your own preconceived notions. And one of them was that like, okay, like the, the Diggs number is going to come out a lot lower and I'm going to have to like wrestle with it and like they actually didn't just because of the target volume and the type of passes that he's getting it's a lot of high percentage catches it's a lot of volume uh, i currently have him projected to lead the league in targets which should not be a shock you know he's not the one thing that Diggs doesn't have that the other top five receivers have is really a likelihood of getting the double digit touchdowns that's mm -hmm. the only thing when you start to look at the adams the ridleys the hills the aj browns of the world and you expect them to be in that like 11 to 13 touchdown range where Diggs probably not going to get to double digits but he's going to make up for it because he could lead the league in catches again. Like, I mean, he's the way they used him in that offense where there's really no reason to expect them to use him or Josh Allen any differently. I guess the only concern would be if last year was just a miraculous season that Josh Allen can't repeat. I just don't believe that to be the case. This next team up has two picks back to back. I'm going to make them very quick so we can start the second round. And then if Jamie wants to interrogate me on the picks, we can do so. We're going to take Tyreek Hill. Okay. And we're going to take Saquon Barkley with back-to-back -back picks. Interesting. So, so what we're are you going to do for like the combined like eight games a year that they're going to miss? I'm just going to leave that silence in there. Okay. Silence. That's, that's no, that's going to be, I'm going to leave that in the edit here so that you can, the, the, the awkwardness can rain through. I listen, I get it, but at this, at this point, right. The upside there is incredible with both of these guys. And we oh, have yeah, mentioned, by the way, I, I, I have, I have, like, in my top 200, I'm, I'm just giving Chris, you know what? Like, I have Saquon Barkley 10 and Tyreek Hill 15. And these are picks 12 and 13. Like, it's I'm, Chris is not by any way reaching with these picks. I'm just saying it's something to consider when you take two guys that have high upside, but two guys that you worry about missing at least a little bit of time each year. But but at, at the, the other point that I, I think counterbalances this is, Jamie, this team in particular is going to wait a really long time before they pick again. So I think with these two picks, I would rather – go for some more upside here. Go yeah. go go for some more. Hey, if these two picks really hit, it's going to make up for the fact that I got to watch, you know, 20 plus players come off the board before I pick again. It allows me to kind of weather the storm a little bit. Now again, if they and fall flat on their fun. Like it's really fun. fun to be a fantasy manager with those guys on your roster. And if they if they if they fall flat on their face and get hurt and I they miss a bunch of games, so be it. I'll take that risk. I'm already in a risky spot picking where I am. Now, I personally enjoy picking here, but when you do pick here, you got to hit on a lot of these picks because you're you're watching a lot of players come off the board. Yeah, and when you pick late in the first round, one, you obviously, you have to hit on these picks, but you also have to have a really strong middle class. Like yes. whenever you're picking on the polls, for lack of a better phrase, you really have to nail the middle of your draft just and because you're waiting so long. And odds are you're reaching for guys 
just because of the, your draft spot. Like it yep. forces you to reach for guys. And, and I don't think I reached for either of these guys. And no, that allows me to not. come back around next go around and maybe go for more of those middle-class tiered players. Okay. So now I have to add a player to Stefan Diggs. Yeah. And- who are you pairing with Stefan Diggs here? Uh, because now it gets to be this interesting. So nobody in my top 10 is now available anymore. That's fine. Uh, all, two players in my top 15 are still out there as you pick here. We are t- we're uh, picking a player 14. outside your top 15, Jamie. Oh, okay. We are. Are you taking, going another wide receiver here? No, no, no. We're taking a running back. Ah, uh, okay. So tell me why you are, why you're taking Cam Akers. So Cam Akers is the pick here, and and we have mentioned ad nauseum on this show that we think this Los Angeles offense is is going to hit another gear. Not because they're going to do a whole lot of different things, because I think they're going to do exactly what they did with Jared Goff just now with Matt Stafford, and it's just going to be more efficient with what Stafford's going to be able to do. And Jamie, they still run the ball. Like just because they have Matt Stafford, they're not throwing it 45, 50 they times want a game, to run the ball. right? They want to run the ball and why not run the ball with a guy who's extremely efficient and extremely effective at running the ball and is going to be a key piece of what they're doing here. Cam Akers is the pick. We'll pair him with Stefan Diggs. Don't hate it there. Uh, and I have kind of a similar decision coming back here with Team 10 after taking Devontae Adams in the first round. I, I don't think I can leave the first two rounds without a running back. It's going to be really tough. And, you know, there might be a team that we kind of get boxed in a corner here. We'll see how that how that. All right. Operates. Why are you taking but- Austin Eckler? Uh, one, because I, I one he's been very productive when he's been healthy. And look, I've, I factored in a few missed games for him. But Austin Eckler, to me, is going to be a really exciting player with Joe Lombardi going over there calling plays. You've seen the way they've used Alvin Kamara so successfully in New Orleans for all these years. Uh, I think Alvin Kamara, excuse me, Austin Eckler can serve and continue to serve in that high pass catching volume role where they can use a Roundtree or a Justin Jackson or a Joshua Kelly or whoever ends up making the roster there as more of the Latavius Murray type player in this new offense that they're going to be running out there in Los Angeles. When he's on the field, he's highly, highly productive. He gives you RB1 production. You just have to know he's probably, given his size, he's going to miss a couple games. But when he's out there, he's extremely productive. And to me, there is he there, the next running back on my list has, running, has questions as well, and we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, I like him a lot. I think he is a borderline first-round player with upside for more. Like if he spikes and has a healthy season, you're going to be really, really happy if you get him here in the second round. Uh, you are up, and now you have to pair a player with Zeke Elliott. I do. And so the question is here, do I go with a receiver I love? Sure, I would do that, yes. Or do I go with another running back No, here don't do that. To, don't try do that. try to really hold the position. Don't Please don't go do Joe that. Joe Mixon. No, no. I'm going to go because to me, you want to talk about an upside RB pairing. Elliott and Mixon. This could be... Either the greatest move of all time <laughs> or the worst. Or I'm going to be sitting here on October 15th and being like fantasy football is the worst game ever created. Is there a universe? Is there a timeline in which you were in the middle of those two scenarios? Because I don't think there I is. Guess, I guess there is if one of them gets hurt. Like if Elliot's really good and Mixon gets hurt again or Mixon's really good and Elliot starts losing time. Like there, I guess there is. But for the most part, like I feel like boomer bust, when, baby. Boomer when bust. Those two are up and running and healthy you're going to be in any matchup you're in, almost regardless of how the rest of this draft goes. However, you could also deal with what Joe Mixon fantasy managers dealt with last year, where there's an injury that is minor and coming back and then never plays again. I'm not happy. You're in a weird spot now with Calvin Ridley. So you got Calvin Ridley because these next two teams need running backs. You hate the next running back on the next running back on your board. I absolutely detest. 
as you hate him. I did. I don't detest you don't want him to play football anymore. No, that's you not true. Personal that, vendetta. No, no I don't. I, I'm rooting for him. I want him to succeed. I would like him to prove me wrong. I just do not like the situation. So whichever team you want to put DeAndre Swift on, Jamie, go right ahead and do it. I'm not going to take him with uh-huh. either of the four picks. His name will be left. called before we're done with this with this activity. So now I need to decide what I want to do uh, with this Calvin Ridley pick. So this is, but again, this is where this becomes interesting when you start talking about lots. So I love when we do multi-round ones because it starts to make you, every pick builds on each other. Yeah. Like you have to start considering where you go and you ask why maybe overvalue running backs in the first round. This is why I'm looking at a receiver pool right now. That's got AJ Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin. You've got Kittle and, and Darren Waller still out there, but it feels like you either have to go wide receiver, wide receiver here. And by the way, Starting your team with AJ Brown and Calvin Ridley. Well, that's what we're doing. That's that's what we're doing. Fun. Yeah, that's what this team's doing. Just go routes, baby. Get up the field. But figuring out the running back situation is going to be a that's little fine. Little, 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 and, little okay, and 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 let me maybe explain. We're not going to do a third round of this, but let me explain my thought process here because I have Jamie's top two hundred in front of me. And and just to be clear, I'm not going in Jamie's top two hundred order. I have I take I took Cam Akers. I took Calvin Ridley, who is his wide receiver four, as the first wide receiver. I have my own board that I'm working off of here. But Jamie, I'm looking at some of the running backs that you have in the twenty five to thirty range, twenty five to like forty range. Yeah. If I can maybe get. An Antonio Gibson or a Nick Chubb or a Najee Harris or a Miles Sanders. If I can get one of those guys for this team, and it might be tough. It might be tough. But if one of those guys gets to me, I'll feel comfortable. I have two stud wide receivers and a really good running back. So I would feel really good about the direction of this team. And yeah, I mean, listen, I'm going to take a guy. Jamie, he's got wide receiver one potential. I think you're looking at a guy that might end up the season as one of the top three wide receivers in all of fantasy football. And to pair that with Calvin Ridley, who I think the world of, this is the all potential team for me. Give me uh, Calvin Ridley with the first pick, and I will add AJ Brown to that team here with the next pick. And unfortunately, I have the same problem here with this Travis Kelsey yep. team. And you know what? Give me more pass catchers. What pass catcher can I take here? Give me Justin Jefferson for this Justin team. We're going Travis Kelsey and Justin Jefferson. And I know some of you are saying, why didn't you take DeAndre Hopkins? I am extremely concerned about the way the Arizona Cardinals finished the year offensively. And DeAndre Hopkins, if you look at it, Jamie, and I don't know how much of a deep dive you did on specific players, but DeAndre Hopkins, a lot of his catches were, were just left side. It was just they were like checkdowns to the left. Like it, he would just run it and just an outright. He wasn't burning guys down the field. He wasn't, you know, deep shots. It wasn't a lot of that in that offense. So I'm gonna need to see a big transformation in the play calling from Cliff Kingsbury, from the effectiveness of Kyler Murray, who when banged up at the end of last year, struggled. So I have question marks there. So DeAndre Hopkins is not gonna be one of my picks here, at least at this juncture. I'll take Justin Jefferson instead. So that's what you leave DeAndre Hopkins for me, who sure. I'm going to take here, because this is a scenario with I have Alvin Kamara already uh, with this team's first pick here. So and, and I'm a little bit worried about where he's going to end up just because of the quarterback situation. So I like the idea of having my top ranked player that's still out on my board and a high floor option in DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think he's got the upside that we have seen for some of these any of the receivers that we've already talked about, quite frankly, which is why he's down here. But I think his floor is really high. He's going to get a large target volume. He did last year. Uh, Kyler Murray is going to, almost to his detriment at times, force it to DeAndre Hopkins if he needs to. You know, A.J. Green's a guy at this point in his career. I don't think it's, I don't think this, you know, Rondale Moore isn't going to threaten any sort of routes that DeAndre Hopkins runs at this point. I, I don't think there's any risk of a huge target volume not going DeAndre Hopkins' way. So even if the Arizona Cardinals offense struggles or doesn't quite look the way it should, I still think Hopkins will eat. 
And I kind of need this high floor option to make up for the fact that Alvin Kamara might be a player that ranges anywhere from 14 to 19 fantasy points per game, just given where his past history has been with non-Jew Breeze quarterbacks. All right, you get to add a player to Aaron Jones. I do, and I'm actually going to make the move, the exact same move I made in the TDN Fantasy League last year, and this is how I uh, and add DeAndre Swift here. I know you hate him. I know you you think he's a bad person, no, no, a bad human no. being, and you never want to see him again. No, but, not true. None of that is uh, true. There's going to be plenty of volume for DeAndre Swift, okay? Plenty of volume. Jamal Williams will get his, but there will be enough volume for DeAndre Swift. He's the primary pass catching back. He's going to be out there when the Lions are losing constantly. Uh, we know Anthony Lynn has had no issues working volume to pass catching running backs in his offenses before, who's calling plays now in Detroit. Uh, sure, would I rather Jamal Williams not sign there? Of course, because I think Jamal Williams is a better player than people think he is, and, and people are going to be surprised when he gets a, a solid workload. But DeAndre Swift was giving up solid workloads all throughout the season, including when he was breaking out late in the year. Uh, I think people kind of forget that. It's not like they switched him to have an 80%, 90% snap share late in the season. So he was seeding workload and still putting up RB2 plus potential. Uh, I like him. I still like him a lot. Not as much as I would have loved him, but I think he's a value here as we get to the back half of round two. And I'm more than happy to start this team with Aaron Jones and DeAndre Swift shoring up my running back position. Let's add the very properly rated now wide receiver, Keenan Allen, to Derrick Henry here for this He's not underrated anymore. Stop saying it. He is properly rated now. Uh, as one of the, the top pass catchers in the game. And and listen, Jamie, I, I, I still think this offense with Justin Herbert is going to go through Keenan Allen. As long as he's healthy, he is going to get a big target share in that offense. And I think you're going to see growth from Justin Herbert in year two to steal a phrase from Jamie Eisner, not in linear progression. I don't think Justin Herbert's going to just completely, you know, climb up the mountain. There are going to be dips and, you know, peaks and valleys throughout this process. And there are going to be weeks, I think, in this sophomore season where – he shows that he's still a young quarterback, but Keenan Allen's still his guy. And so I am I am all in on the Keenan Allen train. I will add him to Derrick Henry. Okay, so now I am back up here with Jonathan please, Taylor. And I, please don't do it. Please. Do what? Don't take the player that I want to add to Christian McCaffrey because I only have one more pick left. Okay, well, I'm not sure who that is, but I'm going to take Mike Evans here. Okay, that's not the guy. Uh, I love... Huge fan of Mike Evans, but that was not the pick. Love Mike Evans here. People, The connection that he and Tom Brady developed late in the season was massive, and we started to see him really click. And I know there's some that had Mike Evans last year and had those like one catch for one touchdown or two catches for two touchdown games, and we joked about goal line receiver Mike Evans. But he that was all early in the season. He and Brady really clicked once it became reported that Brady really got control of that offense from week 10 and beyond. His target share was massive. Uh, I'm really excited to have Mike Evans on this team. He's a chance to be a, a matchup winner any given week. Uh, I love him fighting through the injuries that we saw last year. I would, I'm would i perfectly good with going a wide receiver here to pair with Jonathan Taylor, and Mike Evans is the top one on my board. Now, come back here. This is a Dalvin Cook team. This is an interesting spot for me because I think this is where strategy starts to come into play a little bit because I'm okay knowing that I have a pick now and then there will be two picks made then I come back up on the board here as number two team. There are a few guys that I like in this spot. So the question ends up being what type of player do I take here because do I take a tight end knowing that odds are Chris's team at team one isn't going to go tight end, tight end here at the turn. Like I, I feel like it's very unlikely, but do I have a strong preference for one over the other? Do I take the top receiver on my board or do I think Chris might go wide receiver, wide receiver because he's already got the top running back in fantasy and goes with two really young wide receivers that are going to have a high level of success. 
do I go with one of these running backs here? Uh, do I feel comfortable doing that and saying, okay, I'm going to really solidify my position. So I, I'm in a kind of a tough spot here where I might actually go off my rankings just ever so slightly just to kind of see because I think I'm going to have a really good player that comes back to me on the other side. I'm going to go George Kittle. No, no, no. I love that I broke Chris's heart. No, the moment you said you were going off the board, the panic, it crept in. Uh, I'm going to go George Kittle here, and here's why. Uh, I, I'm oh, I'm be really okay pairing Cook with either Metcalf, McLaurin, Nick Chubb, Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, any of those guys. And one of them, actually a lot of them, are going to still be available to me when I pick next. So I feel like I don't have to make that decision right now. But I know that there's a good chance that if I really like one of these tight ends with it, and it's it's Kittle and Waller, that do I want to pick a favorite? Because I, good chance is the top one of those guys is coming off the board. Uh, when Kittle is healthy, he is the clear tight end too. I know there's been a lot of movement from Darren Waller to be tight end too, and I love Darren Waller. He's great. And the, But the big thing with Kittle is if he can stay healthy, when he is on the field, he is touching. He is close to Travis Kelsey level of production. Sometimes he's even been past Travis Kelsey level of production. The issue is he's got to play longer. He's got to play on the full season. I'm not necessarily saying he's going to play a full season, but I like the quarterback upgrade they're going to have there. So either he's going to be with the guy that's been feeding him all these touchdowns before, or they're going to get an upgrade with Trey Lance. So I do think we'll lean a little bit on George Kittle here. I'm a big fan of having Kittle here. I'm going to go cook Kittle, and then I'm going to see what we're not going to do with third round. But then I would see where Chris goes with his next two picks, and then I would decide, do I want to come back with another running back? Do I want to come back with one of the top receivers? But I am just thrilled that I messed with Chris here. We're going to take the other tight end here, Darren Waller, uh, to close out this round. I, I, I wanted George Kittle. I think I made that particularly clear with the screaming. Uh, but I think Darren Waller can certainly threaten uh, to be the tight end too here because he is going to be the featured focus of that Vegas Raiders offense. And it's not a small sample size with Darren Waller anymore. There's enough of a sample size here to show how good of a player this is. And and with Nelson Aguilar gone and in New England, I'm not necessarily on board with John Brown being the true number one. And until Henry Ruggs is a thing, he's not a thing to me. So I will take Darren Waller in the spot. And I'll give you a little sneak peek. I would take Najee Harris at my next pick to add to Christian McCaffrey. There you go. Okay, that's fair. That's it. Two rounds. PPR, 12 team in the book. What were you going to ask, Jamie? No, that's no, I like that. Um, so you go what? Go ha- ha- Waller and then Harris. Waller is, is and then Najee Harris, and then and then I got McCaffrey, Harris, and Waller, and I feel pretty good because I think to your point, there's there's a lot of value with the wide receiver position still left on the board, and I feel like I could get somebody when it comes back around to me. So, uh, Jamie, where can everybody follow you on the social media? You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jamie Eisner uh, at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. Can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, SCHU Radio. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at TD and Fantasy. We're back Wednesday. Uh, Jamie's player recheck episode, I believe, is mm-hmm. what is in the hopper. That is coming to you tomorrow. So you can look forward to that. And that's going to do it for us here on the Tuesday. Six edition. players that I did six rechecks six on. Players. Okay. So we're going to. I think it was six, maybe seven. I'll, I'll have yeah. to go double check, but we'll talk about the players that. A couple new names that will be added that got added to my rankings, some players that got adjusted up, down, all around. That is what we are going to do on tomorrow's show, so you can look forward to that. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. 
It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.